we welcome you to day nine of Pro Wrestling Moments. Now, when I was thinking about this series of podcasts some months ago, some months ago, my original intention was to bring our beloved listeners a review of the Iron Claw film, but alas, due to the inexplicable decision not to release this in cinemas in the UK until February, and my inability to find a watchable version via quote-unquote other means, it has unfortunately meant that this particular quest was not able to be conquered. Um, so in a very late replacement, I thought I'd go all the way back to my podcast origin story for Day 9. And some of you may remember the fans podcast with Steve Fall. Now Steve Fall is a big old hit on Twitter these days in the wrestling media with great interviews with various big wrestling stars. Uh, and for a brief time in 2019, he ran a series of shows with reviews of Raw and more with the very unique twist being that they would be a maximum of five minutes. So super cut and easily digestible highlights and in fact my very first podcast assignment and the very first ever episode of Mid-South Moments which is available in the archives was covering a Mid-South show from October 1983 in five minutes so here we are and I have a stopwatch next to me and I've watched Raw so you don't have to and I'm going to try and cover this in five minutes so in three two one I'm going to hit this stopwatch if I don't do five minutes then it doesn't matter quite as much because ultimately this is my show now so three two one go so, from the sold-out Pechanga Arena in San Diego, have I butchered that pronunciation? Quite possibly. So, in the opener, Nia Jax beat Becky Lynch, which put me off my breakfast a little bit. Uh, but there was a few great near falls in this, and it was actually better than my expectations, to be fair. Uh, and they even got some ketchup out for Becky to put on her face after the Nia punch, because clearly it wasn't real blood. Uh, we had a Cody promo on Shinsuke Nakamura next. Pretty standard affair from Codes. Do any of his friends call him Codes? I don't know. Uh, not much to add from me on that. Um, Shinsuke showed up on the big screen and cut a largely subtitled retort, which I thought was really, really great. It's interesting after all this time that um, Shinsuke is now being used in such a such a really good way uh, and their showdown, um, potentially final matches coming next week. Um, next was K- Kofi and Jey Uso versus Imperium and this had a concerning finish with Kofi catching Gianni, Giovanni Vinci, crikey, butchered again with a dropkick that seemed to rock him and the ref quite rightly called it off. Uh, Vinci later tweeted that he was okay, so hopefully he is. They did a great video package on WWE live events over the Christmas period and this made these shows look so big time and was really a great advert for attending live shows going forward and this is definitely something that I think they should do with all these big crowds they had then you know why not. Uh, we had a, uh, a long Miz TV segment with Truth and Miz along with Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonough. Um, this turned into a match that went through two breaks the former team winning um, time of my life I'll never get back. We had a vignette with the new women's tag team champions. They loved to party. They were shown in a club, presumably on New Year's Eve. Uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven interrupted them at the club and ended up with champers in their faces, which I'm sure was deserved. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Ivy Nile was next. They went just under 10 minutes of TV time through a break. Uh, Ripley retained, uh, but I thought Nile did a really good job in this. There's one sort of slightly iffy moment early on with a suplex, but yeah, I thought um, I thought Nile was, was particularly good in this and uh, yeah, pretty good match overall, I would say. So the big tease going into this show was that a former WWE champion was returning to Raw, and it was Jinder Mahal. He said the national anthem in Punjabi. The crowd didn't react to this at all, which fair play. Some progressive folks in San Diego in 2024. Uh, but then because he'd obviously planned for them to boo, they he said that they'd booed him because he looked different, sound different. I just thought, crikey, is there, is there a place that needs to be gone to in 2024? 
Then The Rock's music predictably played. If you'd been on Twitter yesterday, you'd seen that he was hanging around with uh, Nick Khan. Michael Cole screamed, yeah! And I was down on this whole segment at this point, um, given what happened with Jinder. And what, what came next? It got over with the live crowd, but I just thought this was terrible. It was so tired. Felt like it was from a different time completely. Um, then after the inevitable beatdown on Jinder, The Rock got back on the microphone again. And he talked about going out in San Diego, whether he'd sit at the bar, whether he's you know where he'd sit in the restaurant, and then eventually he mentioned whether he should sit at the head of the table. And the crowd erupted for this. And the thought of Cody not getting a title again at WrestleMania made my soul die a little bit inside. Uh, and I can only hope that the rumour of the Western Australia tourist board, even easy for me to say, wanting Rock for Elimination Chamber is true. I know there's going to be a big announcement on Thursday that Triple H is doing, so who knows? Um, personally, at this stage, perhaps I'm biased. Um, I want Cody to, quote-unquote, finish the story, but Reigns versus Rock doesn't do a huge amount for me. Um, there's an you know obvious result in that match, and it just extends Reigns' never-ending title run more if they do do that at WrestleMania. Uh, Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler beat Natalia and Tegan Knox next, and then it was time for the world title main event, which is Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. They didn't get a lot of TV time. I had to go through two breaks, uh, but they did do a great tease of Priest cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase before Drew broke it up. And it looked like he had the title one, but he inadvertently hooked Seth's foot onto the bottom rope after a Claymore kick, which was a great, great spot. And Seth eventually retained after a pedigree on the commentator's table and a stomp back in the ring. Um, I didn't care for the Rock stuff very much, but otherwise I thought this was a pretty solid episode of Raw, and perhaps I could have done without that Judgment Day segment going for so long. CM Punk is back next week, so that's something to look forward to. Um, by the way, that Raw review was 4 minutes and 11 seconds if you discount the opening part. So I think I did a pretty bloody good job there and Steve Fall would be very proud of me. Um, stay tuned for the next and final three days of Pro Wrestling Moments. Thanks as ever for listening and we shall speak with you again very, very soon.